Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Behind the Scenes of Happiness. I'm your host, Christoph Spiesens. I am so excited to be talking with Dr. Mina Mahajan today. She is based in Delhi, although today we are connecting between Canada and Manchester in the UK. And Dr. Mina is an acclaimed spiritual counselor and speaker. She's the founder of Sidi which is a spiritual not-for-profit organization and their tagline is powered by humanity dr mina has a doctorate in spiritual sciences and has achieved numerous awards which include the confluence award for excellence in spirituality and social service by the british parliament and the Women Entrepreneurship Award. And there's many more, but I think for now, let's welcome Dr. Mina to the show. I'm so grateful to have you on the show, Doctor. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Chris. How are you this morning? <laughs> I am good, thank you. And we have been waiting for this day for a long, long time. And yeah. uh, yes, it is absolutely bright and sunny in Vancouver. And I send a lot of this beautiful sunshine to you this morning. And it's working. Uh, you must have <laughs> sent it ahead of time and space because it's late afternoon here in the UK. And we are actually having a really sunny day, which is, um, well, it's always hit and miss here in the UK, isn't it? So um, yeah. we're lucky. So thank you for that. Hey, you and I, we first connected round about this time, maybe a little bit later, early summer of last year in Manchester mm -hmm. at the International mm -hmm. Festival of Yoga, where we were both headliners and we did mm -hmm. our respective workshops on practical spirituality. And this is the first time that we connect in a professional format. I've been so much looking forward to this chat. I'm so glad that you could make it. Yes, I absolutely remember that, Chris. It was uh, same time last year. I think it was June. Yeah, mm. and I'm really grateful to Holistic and uh, I hope to meet you again this time as well. So yes, uh, I think that was an amazing uh, event and I got to hear you and I was absolutely amazed at your spiritual knowledge. And ever since then, I think we've kind of been in touch, mm. but I'm so glad to be here on this podcast with you and Thank you so much for having me here on your show. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, I would like to start off our dialogue today with a quote that I found on your social media. And it goes as follows. Serve a purpose that is greater than yourself. This is true empowerment. Can you explain to our listeners a little bit more what you mean by that? Because I have a feeling it will lead on to a little bit more of an introduction about yourself and the work that you do, including with City, your organization. Yeah, of course. And uh, what a beautiful way to start this uh, show. So, uh, Chris, you know, of course, it hasn't been like an overnight thing. And uh, it's it's been a long, long journey. It's been about 26, 27 years. And wow. it's been a lot of research and a lot of practice mm. and everything around understanding what life is about, understanding. In fact, the word spirituality came in much later, you know, mm. initially it was it was a lot about understanding what life is, why do things happen the way they happen. Uh, why aren't things happening the way I want them to? 
and everything put together. And then, you know, this amazing journey started where I kind of, you know, started because I was, I was a hardcore science background person and too much into the quantum side of the world and mm-hmm. understanding the way universe operates and everything of this kind. And I just realized that, uh, do I really want something? And even if I want it, why do I want it? You know, mm. and if it is a materialistic desire and I achieve it, so I'm getting happiness out of it. Good. But how much, you know, mm. like we have these dreams and goals we often make when we are teenagers and we're in our twenties and we say that, uh, okay, I want to achieve this number in the next five years. And then uh, you would achieve that. And then you would say, now what? Mm. Now what? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Now what? Mm. And this was such a vicious circle that I just found that this is never ending. And of course, life is much more than this because I realized that there was another side of my life. So academically, I was doing super well, professionally, oh, super well. But there was another side of my life, which was kind of a vacuum. And uh, I used to do these small little things, which would really give me true happiness Mm -hmm. and which wasn't coming from uh, the materialistic space. Mm So I just decided, I said, let's actually even pursue. And, you know, if things happen, I, I'm, I'm, since, since I was a child, I was really a believer of uh, divine presence in your life. And mm. I always welcomed things happening. And uh, I pursued both these parallelly. And I realized that there was this side of my life, which was giving me a lot of happiness. And that side was serving. Mm. And uh, that was kind of not only giving me happiness, peace, calmness, but it started giving me a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I felt far more empowered when I made somebody happy. I felt far more empowered when I made somebody capable. And I just realized, I said, this is it. This Mm. is it. And then the word human being, being, you know. Why has the species been called human being? Does it mean that we are supposed to just be? <laughs> and what is just be? Just be is just be the way God has made you. So we cannot, tra- we cannot, we cannot be human thinkings or mm-hmm. human doings. We have to be human beings. And I just, I just resonated with this. And I realized, I said, if I have to be empowered myself, before I empower people, mm-hmm. service to humanity is prime. Okay. And it's almost mandatory. And you do that in various different formats from one-on-one client work to corporate workshops. And then of course you have your NGO. Yes, Chris, because I, I had to, obviously, I mean, like I said, a lot of research went into it and uh, especially because uh, I'm from India and I was exposed to a lot of spiritual, authentic spiritual texts that we call the Vedas. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously a lot of study and then, you know, combining it with the quantum side of life, uh, you know, trying to see how quantum physics and spirituality are almost married together. In fact, uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you about it. I'm actually working on a dictionary which talks of spirituality and quantum physics. So there are these certain terms. So I'm going to be making a small dictionary, which is Mm -hmm. going to go very handy 
for people to understand how these two subjects are married. So when I was really ready is, is when, you know, I understood that whatever is written in our spiritual texts and scriptures, in fact, I did the Bible, I did the, the Guru Granth Sahib, I did the Quran Sharif, I did the Gita, and I realized, my God, it is nothing but exactly how the quantum physics talks about us being waves, us being vibrations, us mm-hmm. being a bundle of energy. So it was amazing. Can you perhaps give one or two practical examples of what you have just stated about the link between spiritual texts and quantum and the way that we actually operate as human beings? Mm-hmm. Of course. Thank In you. fact, uh, our, our topic of discussion, practical spirituality, really amazes me because I remember that, uh, you know, when we were in high school, if you remember, Chris, we always had a theory period and then we had a practical period, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a practical period meant that we have to actually go down to the physics laboratory or the chemistry laboratory and we actually had to do some sensible action Mm -hmm. to validate what the theory books said. Uh Correct? Yeah. I'm I'm smiling because I probably set the classroom (laughs) on fire on more than one occasion in Kevin. We all we all did that. We all did that. Just like life. And it was And, you know, and this test tube example that you just said, and we all did it, mm. was actually, you, you will be amazed, was actually something where I started from. Because, you know, I realized that when we used to mix some ingredients together in that test tube, mm-hmm. and uh, did you realize that that test tube became really hot? Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you know what that heat was? That heat was unused energy yeah and that's exactly what quantum physics says and that's exactly what spirituality talks of that there is something a little more complex when two human beings so if we consider ourselves as not physical beings which is exactly what quantum physics says so there is a newtonian physics and there is a quantum physics so newtonian classic physics says uh, it talks about particle And then there was somebody in the 1900s who said that, you know what, there's something inside this atom. It is not the minutest particle. There's something inside this atom. Mm -hmm. And then there was, oh, okay, there's an electron and there's a proton and there's a neutron, which means that all these three are inside this little atom and atom is not the minutest particle. Mm -hmm. So which means that quantum physics came up as that branch, which said, that we are more than particles, which means we are not matter. Mm. We are not the physical body. And uh, quantum said that we are nothing but fields of waves Mm. intermingling with each other. And then the word vibration came because waves and energy has vibrations. And the example for that is that whenever two people meet, they create a field of energy. It's like, Chris, you and me together, even if we are thousands and thousands of miles apart, right now, we are creating a field of energy around us. Because your waves and my waves are kind of intermingling. Mm. And when this happens, two things happen. So there's either a bang, which is towards the upward side, 
wherein two people, when they create a field, they create something magical. Or when two people's energies meet, it completely just dissipates. It's a zero effect. Mm -hmm. And we see that all the time because when we are sitting next to somebody, we feel really nice. Just the presence of that person makes us feel so serene. Mm -hmm. And we actually want to be around that person. Yeah, right? And there is a time when you, know, you enter a place or you enter somebody's field of energy and you feel, oh my God, something's not right. I want to just go away from here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is the most practical way of seeing and to experience. Because see, I feel spirituality is an experience. Mm -hmm. It is not really theoretical. You cannot read it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when I work with people and uh, I do my one-on-one -on -one sessions or we do talks like we did at Manchester, yeah. I often feel that, you know, why, why do we teach our children to listen to what the people have to say and not follow their own energy and their vibration, mm -hmm. you know? Because if we, if, we, if we learn to follow what our energy speaks, you know what we call the gut, the intuition? Mm -hmm. That's actually an energy. It is, yeah. So 50 trillion cells in your body, okay? And each cell having a 1.4 volt of energy into 50 trillion, that's the kind of energy each body carries. It's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Thank you very much for sharing a little bit more of an introduction about yourself and, and the work that you do and how you do it. I would like to come back to something that you mentioned during your introduction. You said, so you had the academic and social success, etc. but you really discovered, you got a real kick out of helping other people and making other people happy, right? That's really what mm -hmm. was yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with enthusiasm. Now, many of our listeners are mm -hmm. people who work in the motivational field. And sometimes, well, actually, I'm going to no, scrap that. Very often, it appears that people who are helpers experience this infamous imposter syndrome, where they actually struggle with the idea that they are perhaps not worthy to serve other people or that they don't have the skill sets or the qualification or the relevant experience. And I've seen this happen time and again, and it happened to me two years ago as well, and I really had to sit with it and transcend it. Um, it happens to people um, who, who are very experienced. And so I'm wondering if you can share some thoughts on this topic, please. See, I think, Chris, this is really a very, very valid question because, and I think it doesn't only happen with people who belong to the field of motivational speaking or spirituality. I think it happens to every professional. I think it happens to all the non-professionals also where, where there is a phase in their life. Isn't that true? Totally, totally. Well, we're all yeah. human beings at the end of the day, right? So, Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think the way I look at it is, and of course, you know, we all go through it. I did as well. And there is, there are times when, uh, you know, initially when I was very young and I decided to pursue, I decided to actually just quit the academic part and the professional part. And I just decided to take spirituality on. I, I, I really got strange, uh, you know, people raise their eyebrows and are like, spirituality? I mean, you're <laughs> kidding me. 
and what you're going to do because you know the concept of spirituality again is people look at it differently you know it's it's pretty much intimidating especially in india you know mm-hmm. it's like almost turning into a saint and you know how what it is because saints are not allowed to smile saints are not allowed to be happy mm. <laughs> saints are uh, saints are not allowed to crack jokes they're supposed to take life really seriously mm. correct Roll so that's actually a, yeah yeah mm. that's the that's the perception mm. and uh, of course and then you there is a doubt that comes to you at some point in time and you feel that oh i mean is this right or or like you said you know sometimes with people am i not worth am i, I i'm not worthy enough or mm. i'm not practiced enough or will i be able to get there but i think i think it's natural i think anything in life that happens to you should not be treated as unnatural and this is my first step into my triple a approach which mm. i say the first thing is awareness acceptance and action so unless you accept the feelings that come to you the solution to that will not come to you so this. if you're feeling yeah so if you're feeling dejected well feel it mm. yeah if you're feeling that are you not practiced enough well feel it because unless you feel it and you accept the feeling the solution will not come come to you so i i i'm actually a very very natural person chris i don't reject any feeling that comes mm-hmm. so because I, we're I, all human I, beings yeah mm-hmm. I, I I love what you've just said the triple a approach awareness acceptance and action um yes. my motto for as long as i can remember is awareness is the first step to the next step whatever the next step might be for people um but and and unless you're first aware of something feeling really off um you can't begin to to change it to transcend it and it's so important i'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment it, it, just to really squeeze the most value out of this for listeners because you and i we recognize and we accept that there is value in feeling off for example the imposter syndrome who am i who who, who do i think i am some well actually quite a few especially the very mindset oriented self help leaders will say that feelings are to be ignored because they are mere byproducts of the mind mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on this or do the mind and the body go hand in hand how does what matters most mind body or is it a combination of both okay super interesting this is so of course the mind and the body are connected but just to give this little piece of information to our uh, amazing listeners mm-hmm. well there is a mind and there is a body and there is a soul but we are not going to touch the soul part in this because then the podcast becomes really really spiritual <laughs> so there is a mind and there is a body we all know that so uh, chris let me explain this to you with a small example Thank you. okay i just said to you sometime back that there are about 50 trillion cells in the body all right and uh, when i'm talking of, of the body i'm talking about the biology correct mm-hmm. okay and mind is not an organ mm-hmm. we don't see the existence of mind mm-hmm. as an organ so obviously mind is also an energy that's one part let's just ignore that for some time okay. so i said we are made of about 50 trillion cells and uh we know that each cell has an amazing intelligence each cell is capable of living alone but in our body i said 
we live as a community of 50 trillion cells. And if I'm saying that every cell has individual intelligence, imagine that every cell is operating with its own intelligence. What would it be like? But that doesn't happen. So naturally, there is something called a central intelligence, which we call the mind. And all the cells mutually agree in a community to follow that central voice, which is called the mind. So the first message here, community is the word. So when my body is not physical, but it is a community of cells, and, I'm, and the cells are living in communion with each other, with a central voice, mm-hmm. following that central voice. So the biggest message to humanity here, what I give is, that we are supposed to live in harmony as a community because our body is also a community of cells. So the moment there is a disharmony, I mean, imagine that a few cells in your body just decide to not follow that central voice. Mm -hmm. What happens? That's disease. Conflict. That's cancer. That's a lot of disharmony in your body, right? So by birth, as living entities, we are trained to be harmonious. Okay, so mind is that central voice that all the cells listen to and mind, as we say, and you know, there have been so many studies on the mind, especially in the past 30, 40 years, which has said that mind is nothing but the thoughts. Mm -hmm. Okay, and thoughts is somewhere. Now, where do thoughts come from? Thoughts come from either your external Mm -hmm. environment or your internal environment as well, because your internal environment is your belief system. So a lot of times, in fact, most of the times, all my thoughts are coming from my internal belief system. And where did I get this belief system? I got this entire belief system from the people, from the society, Mm -hmm. from my school, from my parents. The external, yeah. All, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which puts me in a state of wonder, that does that mean that almost 95% of my belief system or my thoughts or what my mind is creating, if it's coming from my belief system and my belief system is not mine, it's essentially given to me by my people, Mm -hmm. by the society. So what I'm creating in my mind is actually what the people want me to create. So unknowingly, probably, and I don't want to put a number on it, but the vast majority of the time, are we saying that we actually expose ourselves to the very thing that we are trying to avoid in terms of our inner dialogue because it's dictated by the external dialogue? Of course. Mm. Of course. And this is where the entire study came up, where now science has started believing that your genes don't control your life. We just have a belief system that our genes control our life. Our belief system says that cancer is hereditary, so I'm going to have it. But now science is proving that that's not true. Our thoughts can choose our genes, but the genes don't control our life. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. I mean, my thoughts can help in in choosing my genes. Okay. So I can choose my genes. I can make these various permutations and combinations with my thoughts, which is again my belief system, 
which comes from where. So whenever such people, you know, coming back to the question, whenever people have certain conflicts, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, this is actually a conflict between their conscious and their subconscious. Their conscious mind wants to be in harmony with everyone. Their conscious mind says, I don't want war. Their conscious mind says, I want peace. I want healthy relationships. I want a beautiful bank balance. I want, a, <laughs> I want everything, you know, there's money, there's relationship, there's health, there's, there, there's everything in abundance, right? Mm. So the conflict is when my conscious mind says, I want this. And my subconscious says, well, it's not possible because we were taught, we've seen, we've read. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. It's mm-hmm. not that easy. So I've seen cases for years that whenever there is some kind of a conflict, even if there is a relationship issue, which is, you know, now I think with, with so much of stress growing around and pressure for work and everything, I think relationships have really gotten affected. Mm-hmm. And it is just this conflict that goes, goes on continuously in a person's head and heart. You know, like we say the head and heart, my head says something else and my heart says something else. So it's actually a conflict between what you want to do really Mm -hmm. to correct the things in your life. But your subconscious is so powerful that it stops you because there have been certain programs that have been installed ever since you were born. So what you, what you said, I think is just this, and it's pretty simple. I mean, it might just sound very complicated, uh, while we discuss it, but believe me that if thoughts, and I've conducted so many experiments myself, you know, if, if thoughts is that central voice, if mind is the central voice, all it takes to change your destiny is change of a thought. Mm-hmm. Wow. So just to circle back for our listeners, triple A approach, awareness, acceptance and action we've just applied it to the imposter syndrome what are some other issues battles that people you work with are are faced with in in their life dr mina what it's not just imposter syndrome is it see i think chris uh, the problem with the present civilization is that of too much information and less experience mm-hmm. You know, if you just see that as soon as we get up in the morning, people, the first thing they do is they open their Facebooks and WhatsApps and, and uh, the, the Facebook is flooded with all kinds of motivational videos and mm-hmm. the WhatsApp is flooded with all kinds of quotes. And, and that's the first thing people do in the morning. And I don't know how much of it is really processed inside, how much of it is really experienced. So as a spiritual coach, I really encourage people to start experiencing life. Mm. You know, what happened? I mean, tell me, when there was no Facebook, uh, weren't people happy? I think they were happy. <laughs> yeah. It, so um, the, it was, the quality of life was very different. Of course, of course. But, but you see what happens, you know. I mean, I feel strange because you said, what are the kind of problems people come with? Well, they come with relationship problems. They come with health issues. They come with money issues. And I keep telling them, I said, matter is all that matters is not true <laughs> because uh, matter is also governed by energy. So if you put the energy right, the matter, which is the materialistic uh, uh, aspect of life starts settling in. But you know, what I've seen is that 
I mean, relationships, sometimes people think, oh, my relationship is going for a toss and, you know, we have, we have absolutely no hope and what do we do and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, you know, you just sit and you observe their life and, you know, you see that, all right, so you go out for dinner, you say that, okay, I'm going to talk this and let's go out for dinner. You take out the time, you go out for dinner Mm -hmm. and the both of you are just on your respective phones. You're, you're just uh, on your Facebook and your WhatsApp. And this is so common in India. And this is crazy because I see people, I observe people, you know. So you see people going out for family dinners, but everybody in the family is on phone. And this, is, this makes me laugh, you know. So I think uh, what we need to, how I really coach people is that I, I make them experience a lot of energy. I make them experience what I call authentic spirituality and especially being from India and our Vedas, uh, you know, we have these four prominent Vedas, which is the Atharva Veda, the Sama Veda, the Yajur Veda. And, you know, these, these four Vedas that we have, they talk about all aspects of life very beautifully. Mm-hmm. They talk about our existence. They talk about uh, how, how exactly we can create harmony, love, peace, honesty, the ability to forgive, you know, which is becoming really tough now. So people don't want to forgive uh, what's, what's happened. You know, they, they stick to the bad areas and the bad experiences mm. of their life. And they don't realize how, how this affects our body, you know. Why, so you, I think, why is this, doctor? Why are people not forgiving? I think because the ability to let go, mm. they think it's really tough, you know. Mm. I think it's almost become a habit that, you know, they love to carry a lot of hatred in their heart. It makes them feel powerful, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just makes, you know, it's, it's almost like a competition. Like I, I always tell people that you want to grow rich because you want to go grow rich or you want to grow richer than someone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are two different things. And uh, most of the time, there is a competition. Most of the time, there is some feeling of hate for someone who said something to you years back. And you say, oh, okay, I, I, have, to, I have to really tell this person and I have to prove myself. You don't have to do this for anybody. You do everything for yourself. You know, you're making these choices of love and hate, war and peace harmony or disharmony, compassion, empathy, you're making all these choices for yourself. Hmm. So, you know, when, when you, it's high time people start understanding that whatever you're radiating in terms of thoughts, words, or action is actually your own. It has nothing to do with the other person. And I'm going to link this, if I may, to a a topic of frustration that for some reason is actually very um, prevalent in in my work at the moment, and that's jealousy. I meet with many people who have jealousy issues. Mm -hmm. And I I think it links in many ways. It links to to what you said about, you know, not not having the capacity to forgive someone else. You carry all this. And it's such a heavy burden it's such a heavy energy none none of that can shift unless you make the internal shifts first Mm -hmm. and you know you know chris while while you were saying this i just started thinking about uh something which i remember i used to write a lot in my earlier days because there was so much that i was experiencing and i just wanted to write everything down Mm. and 
I did, I did research a lot about this negative emotion that we call jealousy. And uh, why does this even happen? And I just understood that jealousy, and, you know, like I just told you a couple of minutes back that we are designed to operate as a community. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of it like that. So let's just help you visualize. So there's these 50 trillion cells in your body. So just close your eyes and visualize that. And there is this one cell that decides to be jealous and stops listening to the central voice. And the central voice is, oh, we all have to work together. We all have to make this happen. And we are a community. We are peaceful. We are love. We are calm Mm -hmm. with each other. And we are together working like, you know, these cogs of a machine. Okay. And this one cell says, no, I'm jealous of you. Hmm. Do you know what happens to the body? I mean, something as bad as a caterpillar not being able to become a butterfly. Hmm. So this little one cell cannot be as a human tribe, as a human race, just decide that we have to work in collaboration else today or 50 years from now, 100 years from now, we all will start perishing. And that's exactly what's happening. War is, war is created because a couple of people who have similar energy fields decide that, okay, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. So imagine if all of us just come together and create an energy field of peace and say that, oh, we don't want war. Come what way, we don't want war. We the want higher peace, good. we want love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The higher vibrations, which are more abundant and I don't know what makes people jealous because I keep telling them all the time, the universe has enough for everyone's need, Mm. but not for everyone's greed. We've all heard this since we were children. And I mean, there are so many trees across which tree has actually been jealous (laughs) of another tree. (laughs) You know, I mean, where have we seen that the apples have just finished or the mangoes have just finished. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, so this doesn't exist in the universe. Mm -hmm. So I just realized that there is a collaboration in the entire ecosystem, but the human species has somewhere decided to be be in a different (laughs) vibration, you know? And sometimes, you know, Chris, you're laughing and I want to laugh because sometimes, you know, when I, when I I just think of myself as a tree or, or an animal or a grasshopper. And I just see, I said, my God, these guys would be like laughing at us. Or maybe even cursing us because we've actually put the entire ecosystem in a really bad space. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, imagine, I mean, what's the problem if we all can grow together? What's the problem in that? Mm. Why should we be jealous of somebody? It's it's, it's not jealousy. I think it's sickness. Mm. Yeah, because you cannot compete with your own tribe. You can only feel happy if you see others grow. Yeah, and I, I think I love what you said there about you can only be happy when you see others grow. I think that's the key or one of the keys is the sooner you can be happy for someone else's advancement, the sooner you will be able to remember or be reminded in some way or shape or form of your own value and your own gifts and your own special place within this whole setup called life and we we dedicate so much knowingly or unknowingly so much energy and time to looking at what other people are doing and and we 
we we deny ourselves in the process it's um it's a shame but when you actually are in a position to say do you know what my friend or do you know what my colleague or do you know what my brother i am pleased for you i am pleased that you are living life in a way that is making you smile because by doing that i can live my life in a way that makes me smile and it's it's so important and it's a choice at the end of the day i think it's a choice um, so that's one thing, and I'm, I'm going to tack something else on this, if, uh, if I may, doctor. I think mm-hmm. a lot of jealousy is often fear-based, and not the fear that someone else is going to you know, get ahead of us and achieve something before we do, but a fear that we're actually perhaps not living up to our full potential, or a fear of indeed living up to our full potential and 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 be afraid of what what can go wrong and and can be afraid of of the the consequences even if they can be very positive indeed but so i think jealousy can actually be a symptom of something underlying and one of those um, causes could be fear i think that's what i what i see in, in 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 my client base and the people that I work with, especially the seminars where we go deeper and people have an ability to, to open up more. Yeah. But you know, what do we do as spiritual coaches? What do we do at the end of the day, whether you're on that side of the world or I'm here. Mm. And this is the most beautiful part of our conversations, uh, Chris, that uh, we belong to different cultures and different traditions and different concepts of God. But the way you and me, we discuss spirituality amazes me. And I do the same what you do, but what are we both doing at the end of the day when we have a jealous person and we, you know, go down and we find out why does he have this kind of an emotion Mm -hmm. and you realize, for example, that it's because of some kind of fear or some kind of a psychosis or something that he experienced in his childhood, which wasn't Mm -hmm. really nice. Mm -hmm. You know, we try and go down to the root of the problem. Like always say that a good doctor will always treat your cause and not your symptom Mm -hmm. okay but you know i've stopped wasting a two i've stopped wasting too much time on this you know what i say to people now i say to people that look you are broadcasting a frequency with your thought and this thought is coming from an emotion of fear and this fear has this frequency and Maybe the opposite emotion, which is just the opposite of fear, which could be positive emotions like compassion and empathy mm. and love and mm. joy. This is the frequency that these emotions carry. Now, I make a statement where I say you're broadcasting frequencies with your thought, which means you're activating those things in the world that connect to your thought and your emotion. So tell me, where are people responsible? Mm. And the moment I say these sentences and these strong, strong statements, it actually puts people in a position of responsibility. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's fine. I mean, I can heal people for days and I can tell them, oh my God, I'm really sad. You had to go through this. But there'll be a time, Chris, where you and me have to say, okay, now you have to get rid of this negative emotion. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, oh no, we can't. You have no idea how we've suffered. Yeah, you must have encountered these uh, situations. I have. 
where people come to me and they say that, oh, you have no idea what I've gone through. And I say, I said, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And, you know, I state this example often and I'm going to state that right now as well. You're walking on a street and there is a robber. Okay. Now, who do you think the robber is going to attack? The person who is the most fearful of the robber. Mm-hmm. Because that person's frequency will immediately resonate with the robber's frequency. Mm-hmm. They're going to create an energy field and boom. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you cannot expect that you're a fearful person and you're a jealous person and then you get to drink Dalai Lama's goblet. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So Accountability. Must, of course. Accountability, mm-hmm. ownership, responsibility, mm-hmm. which is, of course, backed up with a lot of study now. I mean, mm-hmm. even medicine has approved of energy medicine. Because I feel that doctors are tired of prescribing antidepressants <laughs> to their patients. Uh, yeah, um, this is you know? very, yeah, this is happy laughter because I I agree wholeheartedly. And I mean, and I I love to mean you know just yesterday I was talking to somebody here and uh, in Canada and you know they were telling me that uh, the the kids here really suffer because uh, majority of the kids they they are diagnosed with ADHD and. The doctors put them on medicines. I said, oh my God, mm-hmm. you know, what we need to do is we need to wean off this human race from these kind of antidepressants. We need to make them more aware of their mm-hmm. bodies, of their minds, of their souls. And like I said, you know, coming back to the first statement yeah. that when we are really happy and we are really elated and we are really joyful we feel so empowered and we feel there's no dearth of anything in the universe. Mm. What's mine is going to come to me anyways. Absolutely. So Dr. Mina, as we come towards the end of our podcast today, I would like you to share, please, your top tips, your main suggestions for self-care with our listeners. Oh, are we already towards the end of the show? It flies, doesn't it? Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm, and I practice it all the time, and I keep telling everybody, any soul I meet, first thing, guys, detox, detox, detox. Just like you make your detox drinks, and you like to detox your bodies, detox your minds, detox your souls, get rid of every negative emotion that has ever existed, and it's easy, believe me, it's easy. I think the second thing is that. What makes you a true human being is how we conduct ourselves with our fellow human beings. This is so, so important. Being in a continuous state of awareness, it's like being conscious and being awake. That is so important. It's like you've got to be conscious of yourself 24 by 7. You've got to be awake. You've got to keep a check on your thoughts, your actions, Mm. your words what you're saying to people, are you blessing people, are you cursing people? Because there is a Newton's law of action and reaction. Please don't forget that. Mm -hmm. There is a state of inner harmony and calmness that you need to create in your life that could be done with various spiritual processes like meditation and yoga and so many processes, you know, just, just listening to some chants and just doing a small prayer, anything. Mm. But you need your time to create your inner harmony and peace. And of course, finally, which I tell everybody is, please be humble. 
please be in a state of egolessness. These are great tips. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I'd say they are the icing on the spiritual cake. Um, I especially... Oh, hold it, hold it. I'm, I'm not going to let you go because here is my question for you, Chris. Okay. <laughs> I've been talking for a long time. So <laughs> now it's, it, it's time for you to... It, it's time for us to just change the sides of the table. Okay, Chris, so I, I, like I mentioned, and I, I want to tell my listeners that uh, Chris is a fantastic human being and uh, he practices spirituality in his own way. And that's, that's how we connected. We belong to the different parts of the world. He's the West and we are from the East. And so my question to you, uh, Chris, is did all what I said, did it make sense to you? And in future, because, I mean, we hardly get to meet, but... Is there something which we can do to, to get the world together uh, in terms of spirituality where the East understands the West and the West understands the East? Because I know that you're a motivational speaker yourself and uh, you've done great work. You're an author. But if you resonate with what I said, because I, I like I said, I, I, I'm... I'm so interested in understanding your perspective on uh, this hardcore spirituality. Well, that's a great couple of questions in there, Doctor. Yeah, I, I, um, I, no, I just it, wanted to say it all it, because you're not giving me 40 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. Um, thank you for the questions. So the answer to, to your first question, does it all make sense? Yes, it resonates with me. It makes perfect sense. Of course, I've been living and breathing this for many years. And in that, and I know I'm aware of our audience, lies also a challenge that as a leader in your field, as a motivator, as a teacher, it's important to remember that what makes perfect sense to us does not always make sense to the people we serve. So it's about zooming out and, and keeping a healthy perspective on not just what you're sharing, but also how you share it. And I think the more simple you can keep things, the more effective it is. So that is, that is part um, one to, my, to, uh, to your question. And then I also wanted to share, because you brought up the East and the West, and wherever I travel in the world, um, and I've been very blessed both through previous careers in the airline industry and I've been my current career as a speaker and as a coach, to travel to parts, to all parts of the world, literally to your beautiful country. I've been in many places in India, I've been to South Africa, all over America, I've been to Peru, Australia, I've worked in Japan. Yes, we are all different, but at the end of the day, as we all know, we inhibit one earth. We, have, we share the same home. And there cannot not be common denominators. And if we focus on the common denominators, which are everyone is striving for purpose, everyone wants to be, everyone wants to belong, everyone wants to succeed to some extent, everyone has basic needs, that we all share common denominators. And as I'm saying this, I'm reminded of what you said throughout the podcast is the, 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 the communion of people in the same way that cells commune. And if we want to heal our body and the mind, 
well, why not zoom out and do that, the seven billion of us together mm -hmm. and commune and heal the planet? It's no different. So that, that is something that I feel um, that I feel not just very strongly about, but I think can be very effective. And then the, the third and final part to my answer is a lot of this work doesn't require people to do a great deal of work. It takes one thing, making a choice to try something new, to speak to their colleagues in a different manner, to speak to their family in a different manner, to speak to the people whose life they touch in a different manner. I'm reminded of what you said earlier, the word humble, um, the way you conduct yourself with others and being conscious of yourself. I think if we all make those small but significant changes in our, not just mindset, but what I call heart set, our heart set, imagine the compound effect that that can create mm, mm. and the value that can bring. And so that's what I talk about. I know this is what you also talk about. And, and my, my vision, yes, I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, but my um, the vision, not, not, just, not the vision, the mission of my, my consultancy is to bring this into the workplaces because I think corporate workplaces in particular are very... In need is, 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 is not a positive word. Um, are perfect places to start with this, I would say, because that's where we have large groups of people working together and we, they create um, value for customers. They create products, they create services, but they also create value towards one another. And so everything that we've talked about, if they can start incorporating that incorporating that into their everyday life in the office and then cascade it down, so to speak, throughout different industries. How beautiful would that be? And yeah, I completely uh, uh, agree, Chris. Yeah. And, and more and more businesses are open to that new way of doing things, which is why our businesses are taking off um, because the old clearly... It's, I'm not going to say it doesn't work. It does work, but it's no longer enough to help people on the way of where we want to go. And that's a better world. So you need to, <coughs> you need to bring different things into the mix and give people different insights, different perspectives, and different tools. So that is my extensive answer to your beautiful question, Doctor. No, that's, that's amazing. And that's exactly of how I also carry it here. And I do know that corporate houses and institutions and schools and universities need it now because a lot of people working together and like we say, they're all creating an energy field. And imagine if every, each and every person working there is empowered, is healthy, because you know that when we talk of our wellness techniques, we are, also, we are talking of, of their physical health, their mental health, their mm. emotional health, mm. and their spiritual health. So I've seen it. Productivity goes up. Uh, people are happier. There are better relationships. There is more team bonding. Uh, they meet their targets with ease. They meet, they meet their targets quicker. So people who have really adopted to this side of, of their life, which is yeah. more spiritual 
And like I say, that SQ, you know, in my workshops, I've called mm-hmm. it the SQ, which is the success quotient is directly proportional to your spiritual quotient because it's the unlimited energy that you have inside you. So we, we try and we try and give you the access to that unlimited energy and mm. we try and channelize it for you and, and your entire tribe. So just like the way we want our team to perform well, mm-hmm. uh, you and me want the world to perform well, you know? Mm. And exactly, I mean, it, it's amazing how spirituality connects and how two people who, uh, who don't really know each other uh, can have a conversation for hours. Mm with such an ease, you know, and, uh, and I've seen it happening and I've seen it happening all the time around me. So amazing. This is, this is so amazing. And we'll have many more conversations in the near future. I am sure. And that is something very exciting that we will share in due course with our listeners. But for now, Dr. Mina, I want to say thank you for having shared your wisdom, your insights your experience and especially the tools and making them so practical uh, and therefore very effective for our listeners so from the bottom of our collective hearts thank you again for being a beautiful guest today thank you so much chris i really want to thank you for having me on your show and uh, for uh, giving me this platform to talk about all the research and all the wisdom uh, that lies right here and uh, this is so amazing i've absolutely enjoyed myself chris and uh, in fact there is so much more that i'm sure you and me want to discuss but absolutely unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> you timed me so so yeah and uh, thank you all and i i really want to thank all my listeners Thank you all so much for supporting uh, the podcast and please keep listening because I'm sure Chris is a great guy and he's going to come up with more and more sensible things which are going to be so relatable to to the personal lives and uh, will help us grow as human beings. Thank you so much again, Chris, from the bottom of my heart and uh, God bless you and uh, that's it. Yeah. Thank you, doctor. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks. God bless. Thank you. Hey, Christoph here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you would like to learn more about Dr. Mina and her organization, please visit cd-humanity.org. That's S-I-D-D-H-I. If you would like to learn a little bit more about me and my work, my website is christophspeesons.com and of course I would also love to connect with you on all the major social media channels. On my website you will find all the other available podcasts of the Behind the Scenes of Happiness series as well as free resources including spiritual meditations and talks. That's it for now. I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Thank you and bye for now.